Weekly Geek Out in three, two, Let's Weekly Geek Out. Chum, 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 now it's good to be a geek. The podcast. That wasn't official at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Weekly Geek Out podcast, episode three. I am Webmeister Bud. I am host of Bud's Weekly Geek Out, from which I suppose the title, at least, of this podcast was inspired. We stole it. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. We were not creative whatsoever. That's okay. It's a, it, you know, it's a phrase. It's out there. Great artists steal. Who are you? I'm pointing at you. I'm DJ Boitano. I am frequently heard in the afternoon zone doing a thing that uh, a lot of the older people in this operation say call wicka wicka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wickety wickety whack. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That's the mixtape. That's the mi- oh the yeah, mix- sorry. Yes, of course. The oh, that's the mixtape mix uh, every day, five o'clock uh, in the afternoon zone. And every Friday, you get the double length version. That's right. I love it. I love it. Who are you? I'm pointing at you now. Uh, my name is Art Aronson. I'm a reporter here for the Zone and the Q, actually. So you can hear me on multiple stations in Victoria. Art Aronson reports, and we're here to do what we would normally do in the hallways here, except instead of being in the hallways, we are in a room with microphones, and that is just talk about interesting things, geeky things, usually movies and TV, and then my branch of geekiness is also, you know, like apps and games and whatnot. We would normally just do this in the hallway, but now we're doing this for your enjoyment, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're hoping it's enjoyable for you. I mean, this is the third episode, and we're talking... You know, I'm going to talk like someone's been listening through episodes one and two, and thanks for sticking with us. I was going to say, at what point do we not have to say that, and we just have to go into it? Good good question. Good point. Yeah. Um, If I get one email or DM about this show, then I will presume we have made it. But until that point, I'm not (laughs) going to assume um, anything. Uh, We normally start this geek out by talking about my geek out which this week was oh yes the uh the air jordans the custom made only limited to 10 pair uh, air jordans that were modeled after the old game boy so these are a pair of sneakers that you can buy you can you can own a pair of these sneakers if you have 1350 united states dollars and Whoa. possibly an in with the artist. Um, it's a, it's a, an artist from the UK, and he goes by the name Freaker Sneaks, and he's been making these kind of cool um, kicks for many years, and they're all very, you know, handmade and limited edition and incredibly expensive, and it's just a neat thing to see on the internet because none of us will ever be wearing them. Now, I feel like Michael Jordan would be able to get his own. It's pair. entirely possible. Yeah, the shoes yeah. are named after him, so yeah. one would hope that, uh, that yeah, he would be able to get a, get a hold. What would it be like, Mike? I can't wait to get my $30 pair of sneakers, which are knockoffs from the Philippines. Because <laughs> that's usually the Air Jordans that I wear. And also the way radio people do. So. And when I was in high school, I was all about the basketball shoes. I would go out and get the Allen Iversons, the Tracy McGrady's. So this is cool. That I'm into cool. that sort of thing. I mean, I'm I'm that type of guy that would go out and pop that kind of money. For that's shoes. awesome. See, and I am yeah. not. I am I am sports inept, and I don't know either of the names <laughs> that you just said. Are those sports ball people? Yeah, yeah. basketball. Oh, right you on. know, sports. Yeah. You have you ever gotten yourself a pair of Air Force Ones? Uh, I don't think I have because they were like really expensive, and I wanted the the Reebok ones, the ones that were less expensive. Yeah. Although, yes, the Air Force ones would have been cool. Those were the 
heaviest freaking sneaker <laughs> that I could have ever imagined somebody making. It's like they put, they're like 14 pounds each foot. Yeah. And it's like, how is this going to help me do anything sports related? Why would you do that to uh, something that you wear on your feet? Yeah. Why that, that that sounds like a bad idea. And then they, they blew up because like Nelly made a song about it. Oh, of course, in my Air Force, Force ones. ones. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, yeah. These shoes are actually made from Game Boys, so the the heels of the shoes have buttons in them. Like you, you know, you can press them; they don't mm-hmm. do anything. Um, they have like start and select in the in the Nintendo font on the on the laces, and there's actually a hang tag with a, a pretend plastic Game Boy cartridge. So very retro, very collectible, very cool, again, to see on the internet, because none of us are going to own these things. No. Yeah. We'll see. No, Make no, a dream. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's the that's Bud's Weekly Geek Out. I guess I do that Wednesdays. I don't guess. I definitely. I've been doing this for years. I shouldn't say I guess. Three years. Uh, I do this Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone on the zone at 91.3. Cool. And, uh, yeah, kind of sports related, geeky things. You kind of sports. Right? Yeah, you yeah. That, I guess right? so. It was accidentally yeah. sports related. Well, is that do, uh, is that a first for you? Blue chip D man. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. Um, you heard it once. Marlon Martin said that once in a in a in a an announcer meeting that we had in the zone, and I filed it away as something that I should say when somebody says something sportsy, um, and I honestly don't know what i'm saying but um, so blue chip kind of refers to prospects so someone who is expected to be really good oh, okay so and a d-man refers to like a defenseman in hockey is someone who plays defense so blue chip d-man this is definitely something i probably should have asked years ago <laughs> when i heard this because i just realized i could be saying something completely offensive but marlon said it and nobody got up in his face so no. okay thank you i appreciate that Quick blue plug, chip d-man you do a sports podcast don't you art I do multiple sports podcasts. What? I had yeah. no idea. Tell us about your sports ball podcast. Well, I have a couple. I have one called Worthlessly Worthwhile, <laughs> and that's just talks about all sports in general. And then I have one called uh, Between the Stammers, which is just a Canucks podcast, the Vancouver Canucks. It's just all Canucks. I do it with Caleb Kirby, who's a creative guy in this building. And we do this weekly. So, yeah, I'm involved in like three different podcasts. That's guys. amazing, dude. Nice. Tell, tell me about why, why is it called Between the Stammers? Well, we were trying to find a creative name for it. And, I mean, I'm, I also follow politics quite a bit. And Justin Trudeau stammers a lot when <gasps> he talks, right? So we okay. heard him stammering. We're like, it should be Between the Stammers with Justin Trudeau. That's kind of amazing. And I we're like, that. I love that. Let's use that as our <laughs> podcast name. Between the Stammers, a play on... Between the ferns, right? Sometimes yeah. the uh, the first idea is the one you should is the one you should roll with. Yeah, and the worthlessly worthwhile, same thing. Like I want to make fun of ourselves. I right? love that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. All right, let's talk about geeky things. We have maybe possibly a working title for Guardians of the Galaxy three. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, so there's that in the news, the uh, working title, but also production has been delayed, which is not really that surprising. But still, wop, wop, wop. Yeah, so the thing is, though, the working title would be hilarious for Guardians of the Galaxy because it, the working title is basically going to be, quote, unquote, Hot Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> there's Which, some great working titles out there. Wouldn't it be amazing if Marvel made a Christmas movie? Because that's essentially the next thing oh, that they man. should be doing. That's totally the next thing that they should do. They've made comedies. They've oh, made man. political thrillers. Yep. They've made psychological thrillers. 
um, straight up action movies. You're absolutely right. They have spanned the spectrum, yeah. except for a freaking Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. Who do you want to direct this next movie? That's the question. Ugh. James Gunn's out. This is like his baby, right? And yeah. now, since he's out, they got to bring someone in who's obviously creative and has a vision for Guardians of the Galaxy. The only suggestion that I've ever been receptive to, but I know he won't do it, is Taika Waititi. Mm. Why wouldn't he be receptive to it? I don't think it'd be stepping on your buddy's toes. I think it's like, you know, he was very much part of the Marvel um, family of directors, was welcomed into the fold when he was announced that he was directing Thor Ragnarok. He was welcomed into the fold by James Gunn. Um, they they get in ter- terms of like this like public Twitter conversations, uh, joking around about like the 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 cool things about directing Marvel movies and stuff. And I just think it would be like, well, unless James but I mean, Gunn, someone has to do it. Yeah. You so know? unless That's James a good Gunn point. gave his blessing, I don't know if uh, Taika would do it. But he's the guy that I would trust because he got the tone of Thor Ragnarok pretty well bang on of of what it should have been and that mimics the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy. I said it last week and I'll say it again. Um, underneath Civil War, Ragnarok is my favorite in the Marvel movie series mm-hmm. just because, oh man, it's just so funny. Yeah, um, I could see from what little bits of behind the scenes stuff I've seen of Taika Waititi, I could totally see him being that kind of class act where he wouldn't step on the toes without being given you know, the invitation or the permission. But dang, wouldn't he be a great guy for this. Yeah, I mean, the Russo brothers, too, could do it, even though they have their hands full with other stuff, because you saw Infinity War. I think the Guardians were one of the best parts of that movie, mm-hmm. right? And he made them an essential part of the movie. Yeah. So Wait it can be done, not just James Gunn. Wait no, yeah. a minute. How would we have a third Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Everybody's turned to dust it, except for the raccoon. What's going on? And Nebula. Oh, and, and, and Nebula, right. That's, the raccoon and Nebula. That's not entertaining. Pushing around ashes, piles of ash, oh. doing the voices for everybody. Actually, that like, would be pretty funny. I could yeah. totally see. No, we I talked about this last that. week. Yeah, how, I know, do you, I know. how do you promote these movies when you've made such... You know, that's, that's the a thing. devastating it's... character turn. Well, and you know, the one thing that I didn't, because uh, uh, I, I was listening back to this podcast, uh, I kind of wanted to contribute as it was happening in real time. How uh, did that again. work for you? I know. I was <laughs> just talking, talking to myself in Brian's my car. Brian's talking to his own podcast. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, so they do uh, put themselves in a, a conundrum by even just releasing promotional material, having leaks about um and teasers about the actual production of some of these movies and like more of these kind of came out this week with you know spider-man wrapping uh, far from home wrapping up and Mm -hmm. getting to see like the new spider-man costume and all that kind of stuff um so they 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 just embraced it they they and that's i think that's the thing they're doing right though i think that's like they're embracing that this is the world that we live in right now so we're gonna use this to further sell our movies mm. because just like I was talking about with the reveal of the Hulk being in Thor Ragnarok happening months and months before we even get initial footage of that they knew that there's no way they can keep this under wraps yeah. so let's use this to sell Thor Because and that's the thing is like if they were able to keep it under wraps and you're thinking you're just getting a Thor 3 um, a standalone movie Thor on his own it's 
it wasn't going to sell as much tickets because Thor The Dark World didn't do that well. Right. Or it wasn't that well right, received right, as a right. movie. So it was like, oh, why would I see a solo Thor th- film? So they've embraced the fact that, you know, things like this, spoilers like this, they get out. So let's release some of these. Here's here's what the Hulk's costume is going to look like. Can you envision what this is going to be, like how this is going to be in, in uh, you know, uh, how this is going to look in, in theaters? Well, to a certain extent, but you really want to see it. So you, you, you're essentially selling, helping, you know, promote and sell those tickets. So that's kind of what they're doing right in this sense. Sure. Pretty, pretty freaking smart, honestly. Yeah. Do you remember back when uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, the trailer leaked? The trailer yes. leaked. Um, Did it? Yeah, it leaked online before uh, it was supposed to uh, go live. And so what Marvel did, the classiest thing that Marvel did is they actually, the day that the, uh, I guess it was like somebody with a video camera in, a, in Comic-Con, the day that that actually leaked, they, like a few hours later, they posted the actual trailer and they tweeted, damn Hydra. Ah, right? <laughs> yeah. And it just shows that, well, you know, let's just accept that this happens and here's what you know, here's what people saw. We didn't really want you guys to see this because we were just saving it for an exclusive audience. But because of the, it's the internet and people want to be first on the internet, this happened. Let's just embrace it and release it to the public, right? And uh, it's it's also it's a it, it deserves respect because it, it it also affords the the consumer respect. It, it treats this, the consumer like they're not stupid. You know, things are going to get out. That's right? a really good word for it. Is is respect? Like. Yeah. No company will do no wrong, but Marvel has, I think, really, really got a handle on this. And I would hasten to guess that all of this stuff that is happening, all this information that's coming out post-Infinity War is not done haphazardly or by mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've got I'm sure they've got a plan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Next. Well, no, not can next. I, can I just ask one more question? Yes, you guys about not Guardians next. of the Galaxy. Yes. How confident are you in that it's going to st- you know, live up to the standard of the past Guardians Oof. movies. You know, now that James Gunn's out, I I ask myself the same thing sometimes, because this happens. You know, things change hands, actors aren't the same sometimes, and I this goes back to like the Matrix trilogy, and that if uh, the original Oracle, the actress that played the original or- Oracle, didn't die, we'd have a completely different uh, uh, you know third movie. Very I true. Think. You know, she was, she's what I love the most about the Matrix. Movies, oh, breaks right? my heart to think about even now. Yeah. And so, and it's, it's kind of the same thing is that we're just never going to know how Guardians of the Galaxy could have been. Um, All right. Because, you know, we, we want, we want James Gunn as our director, but we know we're not going to get that. Yeah. So we're just kind of, ha- we kind of have to move forward, but then there's always going to be that little inkling in my mind being like, oh man, this could have been totally different if it was a different director. Yeah. Right. And I think the same thing about, about Ant-Man. Peyton Reed took over Ant-Man um, from, who was the original, the guy that directed... Um, I know who you're talking about. Uh, let me just see. What's the even movie that... Baby... Is it Baby? Baby, uh, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. Baby Driver, yeah. Or I have the name on the tip of my tongue. Do, do, Edgar do, Wright. Do, do, do. Yeah. Oh, Edgar so Wright. Edgar Wright yeah. was supposed to originally do Ant-Man. Imagine if... Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man, was done in the style of Baby Driver. Holy you know, It would have been a completely different movie. Well, but, Edgar Wright, I mean, yep, to start, exactly. absolutely. But we'll never know. So, 
Fascinating. I'm still. It's still going to get my money. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. The stakes. The stakes are high enough. The uh, the the names are. You know. The properties are big and recognizable enough that it's going to happen, and it's going to be great. And people are going to do. People in, in Marvel are going to do their very very best to make sure that it is. You know. The best uh, next movie that it could possibly be. But yeah, you're right. Uh, especially amongst the hardcores, there's always going to be a little bit. of Well, doubt. it's different too because the actors themselves have. You know, they didn't. They didn't like what happened. Mm-hmm. And they've been very outspoken about it. Yeah. So does that, you know, does it hurt your confidence a little bit going into Yeah, do you feel like they're just going to be going through the motions because they're contractually obligated mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. right? Maybe just Dave Bautista is just going to be there, show up to work because he has to, but he really wants to work with James Gunn. Yeah. So he's now his mind is on maybe trying to get a job at DC and working in Suicide Squad. It's worth whatever, thinking you know? about. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Okay. Now next. Uh, Shuri has been set up to be the next Black Panther in the comics. Uh, do we see this as in any way plausible within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think in terms of uh, her character in the Cinematic Universe and how it was so well received, um, it could be plausible. I think another thing that I would have wanted to see out of Shuri, and maybe we could still see this in the future, is her becoming... Because um, Iron Man had um uh has a um i thought that's what they were going with sure well and that's the thing is that so iron man has is it riri williams uh that that takes over the iron she becomes iron heart or something in the comics you're Um, uh, um, over my head on that one am i yeah Uh, but i do know that a version of shuri i think in the comics at some point took over the iron man mantle I don't know if it was Shuri. Shuri? I think so, yeah. Um, Here, I'm just pulling hmm. it up right now. Yeah, Riri Williams takes over Iron Man from Tony Stark. Right. Now, we don't have a Riri Williams character um, yet, yet, but <laughs> the uh, the closest thing at this point, uh, like a young African, you know, a young black woman uh, that is very smart with all the tech and stuff is is Shuri. Yeah, right? she is marketed as like the smartest person in the MCU. Mm-hmm. That's 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 how Marvel was marketing Shuri. Oh, absolutely. And I mean everybody kind of thinks everybody thought that Tony Stark was obviously the smartest person. Well, there's this is the run for his money is in Shuri, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and has, has she's continued to be built up like this and I honestly it makes the world, a world of sense for her to become the next Iron Man, heart, whatever. We're not doing. Black Panther, though. N- not necessarily, no. And again, we're dealing with the whole, um, the whole, you know, uh, Infinity War, Fallout, literally Fallout. Get it, Ash? Fallout from the sky. I just got. I just made that up myself. I'm so funny. I'm not funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I know it, it is an interesting angle to think about uh, her being Black Panther. You know what's interesting to. though is that, like, if say if my theory pans out about starting. Avengers 4, 10 years down the road. Yeah, which I love. We could very well see that in, in Avengers 4. That's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't count it out because one of the things that I love about Black Panther, aside from um, portraying, um, you know, aside from portraying the culture uh, of of Wakanda and having a very, like a, a nation like Wakanda be represented as a very strong nation. Aside from that, the 
you know, the portrayal of women in Black Panther as being these strong figures like the Dora Milaje, you know, being ass kickers is one of my favorite things about Black Panther, which would make uh, the potential of Shuri being, you know, taking up that mantle. It makes it completely plausible. I agree. It's just the technology. Yeah. Like, I really see, like, I, I, I oh, good. Lunch ladies at reception. How, why does this keep happening to us? Okay. Um, I edited that out last year. Oh, did you? <laughs> Maybe I'll keep it in. We'll see. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, so nobody knows, and I've just brought attention no, to it. No, it's okay. I, I just, I really think her lead up is just so much better suited yeah. to, to getting in that suit as opposed to the Black Panther suit. I mean, the Black Panther, I don't know, great character, just, I don't know, not as well, like, not, I won't say not as well suited to Shuri, but like, mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't want to say I feel she would be wasted in it because she would also be a great leader, I feel, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. But where are the toys in the Black Panther suit, you know? That's just true, yeah, because like, I think the thing about, that I love about Tony Stark is that he's, He's not just the driver of the car. He's the mechanic. He's the guy that is, that's making changes and in, being innovative with his suit. That's something that Shuri could be. Right? Constant changes, and I, I love it. Like the, my, Probably my favorite, the, my, the first moment in Infinity War where I sort of pointed at the screen and went, oh, was when he activated the suit with a double tap you yeah. know, on his oh. chest. I'm just like, that's just so cool. And now, and... Exactly what you would build into it, so you don't accidentally, you know, you tap it and and then you're in the suit. No, you double tap it, yeah. and you're absolutely right. He's he's the mechanic, and he's constantly upgrading and evolving these things. And I feel the same way about Shuri. And I love that Shuri was ahead of him in uh, the whole thing about nanotech and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, she she made that in the the movie before or before uh, Infinity War. Yeah. So I mean, I see it the same way as Spud here. I, I mean, yes, it's plausible that she could be the next Black Panther, but Black Panther is like. You have you have to be a king first, hmm. and the warrior second. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if she is built to be the king, the leader. I feel like Okoye is a better, who is like the the leader of the. How do you pronounce it? The Dora Milaje. The Dora Milaje. I yeah. think she would be better suited as the role of the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I see it. But yeah, you know, anything can happen. Of course. Oh, for sure. Uh, I just in my head. I would like to see Okoye yeah. more as the leader there. And I thought she was bad ass. Yeah. Like oh, she yeah. was absolutely she she was my one of my favorite parts of that movie was how cool and was like I was like, this woman could pretty much kick the shit out of anybody. Oh, you for know? sure. Even black I think including yeah. T'Challa. Yeah, exactly. And I loved that. I loved her fierce fierceness in that movie. So mm. yeah, if she were the the leader, I think that'd be pretty cool. And then Shuri, you know, we want Shuri to be the creator. So that's that's where I'm going with that. What is it? Uh, Q in the uh, in the Bond movies. Yeah. Always behind the scenes making the cool gadgets yep. and whatnot. That's yeah, great. That makes sense. Yeah, and I guess Tony Stark is a bit like Q, except he gets the spotlight as well. Yeah, exactly. He's like Q he's Bond. James Bond and Q all put together. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's talk Hellboy, shall we? Where are we with Hellboy? There's been a lot of... Uh... Big red giant guy? <laughs> yeah, the big red giant guy. Did you not see the original movies? Yeah, I, okay, good, I good. saw the original movie. I haven't seen anything. I, I loved it. So did you You didn't see the, the sequel, The Golden Army? No. Oh, that's better than... Better than the first one? The first, I thought. Because yeah. I loved the first one. Yeah, I think I think they're both brilliant movies. Um, Yeah, I'm not quite sure where I stand necessarily on the reboot just yet. Um, I 
kind of wish there would have been a third, especially after what Guillermo del Toro did with the second one. I loved, I love, I just love his his flavor of directing, and that style was his style was perfectly suited for a movie in that setting. Yep, very much or so. A pair of movies. Yeah. Um, so, but we've seen uh, footage like reboot footage. Uh, it's screened at New York Comic Con, um, and there's a lot of um, really cool images that have been uh, posted about the upcoming Hel- you know Hellboy movie and you know the characters and stuff. A lot of uh, red. Yeah, yeah, a lot of red. And Hellboy does look pretty cool. Yeah. In this, but um, got a flaming sword. And of course, his giant horns. Yeah, he's looking pretty badass these days. Yeah, David Harbor will be playing Hellboy. Yeah, love David Harbor. What do you love him in? Stranger Things. Right. Yeah, I and his uh, his outburst at the Emmys that year that was that was good too. I like that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys caught the one that. with the Winona Ryder making weird faces. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that one. That's right. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. yes, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan of David Harbour. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, other names in there. Sasha Lane, uh, Daniel Day Kim, and um, that's, uh, yeah, that's it for the cast that were at the, uh, that were at the Comic-Con uh, reveal anyways. Yeah, it'll, it, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how it pans out. It looks like, stylistically, it could be a really cool reboot. Um, I, I just don't know if I was done yet with the... Um, uh, the original cast and uh, and uh, who's the uh, original guy that played Hellboy? Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, he Holy was great. Smokes. Ron he was so, so good. Yeah. And like when I initially saw the poster, I'm like, oh, cool, they got Robert, Ron, yeah, they got Ron Perlman back because it, it really structurally and everything, it yeah. looks so much like him. Yeah, but just like just you know with that little bit of difference, it maybe click through and say, like, oh no, no, that's not him. I get. I get they're using David Harbor, David Harbor for it, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it makes a lot of sense now. But yeah, initially, well, it was just like that. It looks a lot like Ron Perlman. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed those movies. And I, I, it feels like a reboot because this one, the new images I'm getting from this one, they look rebooty, if you will, like grittier and more serious, where the first, you know, the, the, the initial run of Hellboys, this recent run of Hellboys, was... Uh, had a little bit of campiness to it, a little bit of fun, mm-hmm. but uh, but I'm with you. I totally could have sat with a third movie yeah. in that series. Yeah, sure. I should go see that second one. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> it's big. Yeah, it's a big movie. Uh, are we done with Hellboy? Should we move to Star Warsy things? Let's, yeah, let's do that. Yay, Star Wars! Somebody talk about Star Wars. I'm still looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a couple things that I read about Star Wars and. Uh, I don't know, we'll probably get like a steady stream of news right now just because we're not going to be getting... It feels weird, again, and I said this before, It's it's it feels weird that we're not going to be getting a Star Wars movie this Christmas. No, you're it, absolutely right. It's turned into a bit of a Christmas tradition. I mean, like, well, let's, let's go see Star Wars. It's December. They said it. You know? They built us up. And yeah. then, yeah, we just had that one tweak, and it's sort of like the Jenga tower fell over. Yeah, so, so some set photos were released? Yeah, we're just going to have to get by with these for the next uh, little bit, but I, I have a feeling it's just going to fizzle out all the way up until we get that first trailer for Episode 9. Uh, some of the news surrounding Episode 9 is that um, uh, like one of the, the stars talks about Episode 9 being a little bit more looser and improvisational than the previous films. Um, that seems crazy to me for a Star Wars film, but cool. Just yeah, something we haven't explored. And it's weird because it's like that's essentially what 
Star Wars has been. It's it's not very new from what Star Wars has done in mm. the past. With well, I thought they've been going in a different direction. I kind mm. of like that. So I don't know. I, I feel like, and a lot of Star Wars fans have been upset because it has. They have been going in a different direction. I don't get it. They like yeah. want. I don't know. This is my problem with Star Wars fanboys. That they they want everything to stay the same. They want everything to stay the same. Fair enough. But they want something new as well at the same time. Like you <laughs> yeah. can't have you can't have both. You know. Yeah, you want to right? stick with the status quo, but then you yeah. want to be surprised. Well, you're, yeah. you're not going to be surprised if I don't get if it. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like I, because I, I like that. I, I I like that things are changing up within the Star Wars universe and. I, different ideas are being spl- explored within the story, like this most previous episode that we got. Certain um, certain ideals kind of came crumbling down about you know the Jedi and uh, the Jedi Order and stuff, and a lot of that was brought down by Luke Skywalker himself. Um, part of me, when consuming a movie, just kind of thinks like, "Ah, oh, man, I I love the way Marvel does things," and um has like a, a grand plan about things. Um where you're not thinking Star Wars does, are you? Where no, Star and I don't think it's ever really done that, but at the same time it's it's all worked for me. I've appreciated the stories. It just sometimes makes me a little bit nervous. But who am I? I'm not a filmmaker. So I don't Wait, know. wait, wait. What do you mean they never had a plan because they had the original trilogy and then you went back in time and had the episodes before it it was all a plan to get to the original trilogy. Was it all a plan, though? Was the Don't you think? No. I mean, we it, all knew what was coming, and it was just, how did we get there? Okay, so to get to the original trilogy, when, um, when A New Hope was out, George Lucas didn't have it in his plans that Darth Vader was going to be Luke Skywalker's father. That was that was done in The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And then in The Empire Strikes Back, there wasn't an original plan to have Leia be Luke's sister. Otherwise, you know, they kissed in the beginning of that movie. Yeah. They shared a French yeah, kiss. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's certain things that like... Sure, the with that, but after that original trilogy, it was all planned. Oh, yeah. Right? The, the, well, episodes one through three. Yeah. Which weren't the strongest episodes. That's true. It's oh, true. they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. you know, it's it's true. But I did appreciate getting to be able to like be able to see where you know where Darth or uh, Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. It's just mm-hmm. stylistically, I wasn't really a fan of the way they got there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just overall in terms of character arcs, story arcs, and stuff. I've appreciated and I've been been entertained entertained by that kind of stuff, but. Um, what gets me excited about more excited about Marvel movies over Star Wars movies is the fact that there is this it's seemingly this grand plan and everything is kind of fitting together you know to get to this this destination uh, and it feels a little bit more like a journey in that sense hmm. whereas because I've, I've heard that the, the most criticism I've heard from Marvel is it's formulaic it's the same thing happening Mm-hmm. In each movie, for each character, in the end, though, which I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. In but the that's end, just yeah. what that's that's that is the highest criticism that I've seen. I get that, but in the end, they're making money hand over fist. Like they're making mass market appeal movies 
Um, and I see exactly what you're saying about the differences between the Star Wars movie and, sorry, I'm pointing at Brian. Nobody can see that I'm pointing at Brian. I see exactly <laughs> what you're saying, Brian Capistrano, DJ Portano, uh, in the differences between Marvel's uh, apparent grand plan and sort of like a smaller bunch of little hop grand plans, little plans in, mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. Um, I also didn't know any of those things that you just pointed out about the changes in the uh, in the storyline um, within episodes four, five, and six with yeah. the, the original trilogy. That's cool. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I think then after the after the success of the first three, George went and wrote you know one, two, and three, and you know his plans for seven, eight, and nine kind of came after all that success. And I think the 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 plan in, in the Star Wars universe is just shorter it's just not looking as as far down and i don't think it's looking anywhere near uh with the integration that you get within the marvel cinematic universe yeah i think there's a, like there's a bit of a skeleton in terms of where these things can go but to me it feels like that game uh you know that game of telling a story where you're like once upon a time there was a kid named Phil take it away art what does uh, phil do <laughs> you know and and it's for the most part, I feel like it's worked because I've liked all these movies. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I think that doesn't get me as excited as as a Marvel movie would. I mean, I know there's source material for Star Wars and there's books and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff behind Star Wars. But I think with the Marvel Universe, they can draw on so much source material and have a plan like that yeah i'm not sure if that's the case with star wars you can have for these future movies well no episodes i I very much agree with that i think marvel's advantage is that they have so many stories to draw from that they're going to be like they they basically could sit in a room with uh, a wall full of comic books Mm -hmm. and basically be like okay let's now adapt this storyline and make it fit into our overall grand plan which i think is essentially what they've been doing yeah because uh they've put character pictures up on a big board they've talked about it yeah and like we want this guy to be here that sort of thing. When this is it's all really over, neat. I yeah. want a photo of this giant wall and all yeah. the red thread or whatever yeah. and the thumbtacks. Yeah. Because right. I'm sure that must exist in some vault somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because how else would you keep track of all of it? Yeah. But I think the thing, the difference between Marvel and Star Wars is, is Marvel, I think, has been in control of all of the material coming out in, in one way or another. You know, through the comics and then and then the uh, the cinematic universe and all the television shows, Marvel has been like the overarching uh, controlling body over all of it, where the Star Wars stuff has been licensed out to a whole bunch of different creatives, and I would say they they may have as much or maybe more of the raw materials in the novelizations and, and various other um, products that have come out, but they don't have the overarching control over it. They don't really have the, the say to, to add it directly into the canon as easily as it would be for a group like Marvel. Mm-hmm. I have a great question for you guys. Yeah. If you could only have one, what would you take? The Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we're in right now, or the Star Wars? Oh, you know my answer. Because I... I know a lot of people in this building that would take uh, Star Wars. Well, I was very devoted to Star Wars before the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, existed, but I think that's won me over hand over fist. Like i I would take, I would easily take all of those. You would movies. take all the Marvel movies, the yeah. ten years of Marvel movie making, over all of the Star Wars. Yeah, I think that's a really, I've, really, really good question. That is I've a asked really a few people because I think both have done a lot 
in you know in cinematic history like they're both parts of cinematic history oh you like you can't tell the story of cinema now without no these two runs so but you look at if the, you could only have one you which one the, would you take the, you look at the pop culture impact of star wars exactly mm-hmm. undeniable it you is know undeniable. and i would say far greater than what Marvel has been able to put out there, like they're definitely both strong forces and in, in things that you could say, you know, Hulk smash, I am your father. You know, they, they all have their, their catchphrases and their characters and their looks and their music and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly though, like what have you done for me lately? Star Wars? Um, I, at this very, very moment in time, I would side with Brian and, uh, wow. and, and lean a bit more toward, uh, toward Marvel. And, um, Again, I cannot deny what Star Wars has done, but I don't think it has um, sustained. I don't think it's lived up or, or kept as uh, as high a quality as uh, as Marvel has. And again, we're talking two completely different starting points mm-hmm. um, in terms of cinema, anyways. Uh, uh, but I think Star two. Wars is so ingrained in the cinema. Some of the things that they like the lightsaber guys. Yeah, the lightsaber. Yeah, very fair. The point. Millennium Falcon. These are things that are going to last for. Ever. All the droids. Forever. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's exciting stuff. And I hate to, like, agree with you guys, because that's kind of boring. <laughs> that's funny, because I, I thought you were well, going to I mean, disagree the way I, you were coming I don't know, into it. I don't know if I'm, I'm on the fence about this, because this is what I've always said about Star Wars. I think the, the its parts are better than its whole. That's, mm-hmm. I like, I love the lightsaber. I think it's one of the greatest things ever created in cinematic history. I mean, the the score is one of the greatest scores in cinematic history. Yep. yep. And I think, yes, The Empire Strikes Back is maybe, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It is. And that, like, people look back at it and being like, well, this is like The Empire Strikes Back, right? They oh, look yeah, back so many at comparisons. It, like, it set a foundation. Yep. There are so, there are a lot of foundational setting things in cinema history that was done in Star Wars. But yes, since those first whatever movies when you look at the whole there aren't a lot of great installments there are some really good really good installments in star wars and i just think the marvel cinematic universe has been able to create this long running success that you just can't be ignored it just can't be ignored like from installment to installment to installment that are a very that are very good. Honestly, not the answer I was expecting from you. Just be, just because of the yeah. mere fact that you posed that question, I know. But I mean, it's it's tough for me because I do understand the significance of Star Wars. Yeah, like you can't you can't not you yeah. can't you can't write the history of cinema without Star Wars. Yeah, you were setting it up though. I thought you were going to say screw you guys. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. I don't know. It's just something that I've been thinking about for the last. I don't know how many years while Marvel's had its run, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like we could have a podcast just based on this Star Wars Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. and just have them go head to head and go through every movie versus every movie and be like, okay, well, this has been a like, better run. What has been a better run? Mm-hmm. If it right? comes to when it when I'm just kind of thinking about it and it comes down to what's going to entertain me more. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm thinking it's gonna be it's gonna be Marvel movies. It's gonna be the MCU. Like I'm gonna be way more entertained. And it's also because of the fact, and I mentioned this earlier, it's because of the fact that the MCU as a whole, or if you're thinking about individual movies within the MCU, they've got something for every genre lover. You know, they've they've got slapstick comedies. 
They've got political thrillers. They've got psychological thrillers. They've got uh, space epics. That, you know, like they they've basically covered it all for you. And they might cover it in a Christmas movie as well. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like it's um, yeah, it's interesting when you think about uh, just what they've managed to do in ten years, and especially in the amount of movies they've. <laughs> If you culminate the amount of uh, minutes of oh, every MCU movie versus every Star Wars movie, obviously, well, if you include, of, of course, Clone Wars and everything like that, then of course, the well, spin-offs. You know. I mean, there's lots of spin-offs. No, but we Marvel. just compare yeah. movie to movie, yeah. cinematic releases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you know, if you're, you're you're doing that and you're talking about like how many quality minutes are you going to be getting out of a Marvel, you know, an, an MCU movie or M- the MCU versus out of the Star Wars universe, then. You know, there alone, Marvel wins. I mean, Infinity War, to have all those characters, to have it all culminate like that, like I said, that was the greatest thing about Infinity War to me, mm-hmm. to be able to have it all meet at a head and make it work yeah. on the big screen, which is just, it's incredible. It's, it hasn't been done anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And to have all, like, like the call sheets for those, like, ask all the actors. Yeah. Like, the amount of great actors, the amount of great set people working on Infinity War was just, it's just out of this world. It's never been done before, ever. Mm-hmm. So that's why I lean a little bit towards the MCU and I give it a lot of credit for that. Kirsten James of the Weekend Zone, who we definitely need to have on this podcast, we should. Um, will fight you uh, on that on that answer. And I, and I look forward to that fight. Um, she, nice. of course, is like the biggest star wars fan she's a massive star wars and harry potter fan yeah and her fandom is a very clear all you know on her skin and uh, in her in her everyday life and uh yeah i would love to hear her side of uh of this question she get her in to talk harry potter sometime i'd love to hot talk harry potter with definitely i'd definitely. love to do it i'd love to do it yeah uh, okay, should we talk about a couple other smaller things? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that rant, guys. I just no, no, no. Dude, you it. asked a great question. It's a great. Question. It's something I've been thinking about for years. Wow, I'm surprised I'm it took you this long. Holy smokes! Yeah, uh, let's talk about Into the Spider Verse. I'm going to throw to Brian. I'm actually saying who it is now, not just pointing <laughs> in this dark room where no one can see us. Uh, well, I think I think this is my next because when I'm I was thinking about oh what other you know what movies what kind of comic book. Uh, superhero type movies am I looking forward to for the rest of this year I think more so than any of this like like the DC stuff like Aquaman is Shazam coming out this year I don't remember I think this Into the Spider-Verse is the one that I'm looking forward to the really most. Yeah. mine's coming out tomorrow actually wait what's coming out tomorrow Daredevil Oh well, okay. No, I'm thinking movies. Sorry, oh, movies. Okay. Uh, no, okay. I'm, okay. I'm okay. into Daredevil. Sorry. I'm yeah. gonna watch okay. Daredevil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bird's eye view into the Spider Verse for us. Um, essentially, well, from what I glean from the trailers, we're gonna be following Miles Morales as he discovers a rift in kind of the universe, and he learns that there's more than just one Spider-Man that exists in multiple different universes. Um, and this will be an animated? This will be an animated uh, Spider-Man story. And again, I had said this, I think, in our first podcast, I think this is what Sony should be focusing on. Let the live-action characters exist within the MCU. Don't mess with any of that stuff. and Don't try to create your own live-action Spider-Man villain universe. <laughs> And and let Marvel have that, and then focus on doing these projects like Into the Spider Verse, where you can explore different characters and different stories through animated um, projects. 
I, I, when you first said that, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Did you get that to Marvel? Did you get that idea? You, yeah. I don't, have you let your Marvel people know about well, that? Well, Marvel would idea. listen to me. It's getting it to the, the you know, the fat heads at Sony to, oh. <laughs> you know, to try to, to, to listen to that. Because, again, Art said it, too, is like ego is a huge part of part of it when really all you need to do is sit back and let Kevin Feige make you money. Mm-hmm. You know, he let him tell the stories of the characters that you so loosely own. And let him rake you rake in some money for you. I think that's what's great about the Spider Verse, or great about um, animation. You can just do so many things, right? Yeah. And so, it doesn't have to be connected. Yeah, it doesn't have to be connected at all. And I think people are all right with that. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. Very much. You so. know, it can be completely. And I know Batman's had its. You know, and DC has a great strain of uh, their animated their animated universe that's different, you know, completely different than what's on the big screen. And it's great. Great in its own mind, right? And I think that's the thing. That's where DC wins for me is when they're, we are thinking about animated, animated stories surrounding the DC characters. DC wins hands down. I grew up on that. Well, yeah, yeah, we, I think a lot of us can grew up on that. I think the killing joke has, was probably one of the best pieces of animated storytelling with within the Batman universe yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um and having, you know, somebody like Mark Hamill, you know, take up this man the mantle of you know being one of the best jokers, but he's not even acting as the he's he's just the voice, you know, for the Joker. Yeah. But it's just he does it so well. The mask of the fanta- phantasm, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, mask, yeah. yeah, that's like that that's that that animated stuff. Please, if Marvel can come up with some great animated stuff, I'm totally down. Have you guys been watching like Avengers Assemble? That stuff that's that's uh, that's animated right now some around of, Marvel. Some of that. Some stuff, of it's yeah. not bad. I I, I I suggest taking a look. I've only caught a few clips here and there, and like yeah, you know. I remember he- seeing that uh, I, there was on Netflix. They released a bunch of them, like the one with uh, Captain America and Iron Man. And them kind of teaming up against Hydra. Yeah, that's some animated stuff. There's also, but they have an actual series that's on, yeah. like you know, the Disney Channel, the Disney uh, Cartoon Channel right. network, yeah, yeah. and it's got some pretty good stuff there. Kind of plays a little bit to what's happening. Like the character plays a lot. The sort characters play a lot. Yeah, reflects yeah. on what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah, because even in the Ultimate cool. Spider-Man uh, cartoons, uh, they they ended up having Agent Coulson. Aiden Coulson plays the principal in uh, in Peter Parker's high nice. school and stuff. Nice. And yeah, some of that is 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 pretty cool and and how they try to loosely tie it in uh, with a greater MCU, but not say make it like full on MCU canon. Um, but I think you know Sony has a gold mine in Spider Man and they know it. So why don't you just take advantage of it by telling those stories in an animated fashion and you know let go of creative control of your live action characters animation man you can do so much stuff in animation so give me some great animation i'm not you know i don't care one way or the other yeah well yeah. and i don't think we'll ever see a live action version of spider pig i hope not. but we're getting <laughs> but we're getting that in uh, into the spider verse i and that's the reason why i thought of it too is uh, i was at to- in toys r us with my son the other day I don't know if we need that and we saw <laughs> we saw spider pig have you seen the trailer for no. spider verse we had spider it's i can't wait for those scenes Okay. It's so funny. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. No, I haven't seen a trailer yet, but and I hadn't heard of Into the Spider-Verse until you mentioned it uh, two or three podcasts ago. And mm-hmm. then I went and started doing a bit of research. And yeah, 
I'm excited for this. Yeah, looks this looks good. Pretty amazing. And I, I like I, I saw that there was a trailer and I'm I'm I was back and forth the whole the whole Infinity War thing that I did. I'm just like, well, maybe this is another one where I just wait until it comes out and then dive into it without getting too much information. I sort of got my base level of information about you know, generally what happens and uh, and and stopped. Yeah. Um because again, I managed to remain fairly spoiler free for Infinity War, which uh, especially for a geek is a tough thing to do. It's but incredible that you in the end, that. in it made a really emotional, hard hitting viewing experience for me. Mm-hmm. So um I mean, I don't think Into the Spider-Verse will be of that level, but I I'm just trying a little bit now to to not as uh, immerse myself in as much information uh as there is out there before I'm actually watching the thing for real. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um so Halloween's coming. <laughs> uh, Brian, Do you guys a, have a costume? Well, yeah. It's uh, sort of different from what I have done in previous years. And I, I don't know if anybody saw me uh, uh, on Salmon Sunday at Rifflandia, but uh, ended up at Valley Village did. looking for something completely different and ended up with the most ridiculous, wonderful, shiny gold fish costume and uh, for no reasons other than ridiculosity i will be a shiny goldfish come halloween um just because it's silly and out there and very strange for me what about you art no i'm not a huge uh costume guy i would love to see you in costume on wednesday october 31st and being the news guy going out to a conference yeah that would be interesting with your costume on holding a microphone in in a politician's face or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be something um i don't know i feel news people take themselves so seriously i I don't think i've ever seen that before yeah yeah i have uh my kids have a uh a playroom at our in our new house and uh, i made them a, a costume closet um and they've got a whole ton of costumes that I can kind of choose from. And I'll just be like, I'll just wear like the ki- a kid size mask or something. Awesome. Um, wow. So I was, I was in, like I mentioned, I was in Toys R Us uh, the other day and I saw some of the this, this Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse toys. And then, of course, Toys R Us right now has a full thing of costumes. Uh, and I was talking to my wife about this. I, I we, we looked up and we saw some Black Panther costumes. Oh. And I was like... Is this going to be the new Moana costume? This year? Oh, is this going to be this year's Moana? Right? And I thought that back in February too. Is like, is a Black Panther costume going to be the new Moana thing? And you know, it's it's silly as a conversation like this, and like as silly and almost and almost near racist as having this conversation is. It's you know, it's still probably needs to be had. It well, and again, and so I, I after leaving that Toys R Us, it's funny because I was online and I saw that very article um, uh, pop up. Is it okay for my Caucasian child to dress up as Black Panther this uh, this Halloween? <sighs> it's, it's, it's stupid. I know. It's very stupid. Um, I don't think it is, though. I think it's a good question. It's well, just it, what's the answer? Well... <laughs> I think that the, uh, the the stupid thing about it is the answer is so obvious is that it's 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 all about being respectful, right? Now the controversy with the Moana costume last year was that yeah, you can have kind of um, a Moana costume with like a, a a grassish skirt and a red top and and stuff, but when you when the the costume that Disney had to pull 
um, was attached to, so it had the the outfit attached to this kind of stocking material that you would put your child in so that the skin is Moana's skin color. And that's ah. that was the big controversy wow. of, of Moana. Or if you wanted to dress up like Maui, it had the same kind of bodysuit that was a little bit darker in skin tone oh, and man. that had tribal tattoos on it. Now, with the tattoos, I would almost kind of get, but just on a kid dark in the sky, oh, that's a tough, and so that's yeah. the thing, and it's it's a conversation that I guess we would need to have with our kids in terms of being respectful, because you know back in the day we had some pretty disrespectful costumes floating around when I was in elementary school, yep, you know, and it, I I can't, you know, I'll I'll think about it and cringe like, oh, some. Some kid decided to, or some kid's parents decided to dress him up like a quote-unquote Mexican and put him up in a poncho and a sombrero with a big mustache and right. maracas and think that was okay, in, you know, back in the early 90s in school. Whereas yeah. when you're looking at a Black Panther costume, kids want to be superheroes. Exactly. They're not, That's plain and simple. Yeah, kids aren't looking that closely. They want to be their hero. Yeah. Right. And if Moana is your hero and you want it to be Moana for for Halloween, great. Good on you. If you if you are, uh, you know, any any race other than African-American and you want to be Black Panther, it's because you want to be, you know, what what Black Panther represents, which is like a superhero, a superhuman individual. Right. Kids will not be the ones complaining to uh, Marvel about uh, any sort of, you know, race, race typing in their costumes. Mm -hmm. This will all come from the parents and it'll be. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting question and conversation. You yeah. don't want to touch this, do you, Art? No, I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. No, 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 right. no I, I, I have many thoughts. I just, as a Asian person myself, yes. I do think about it when I go and get a costume or... I, this is part of the reason why I don't dress up that often on Halloween. A, because it's my birthday on Halloween, and I tell everybody it's my birthday. I can I can dress however I want if it's not a costume <laughs> or not. That's 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 my excuse. But I mean, like, I just think you know, like, go out and do I want to be this when I'm thinking about a costume? I'm Asian. I'd look like I'd look stupid if I dressed up as Superman. You know what I mean? Interesting. Uh, I do uh, think about okay. that. I'm, I do okay. think about that. And maybe some people don't think about it. And that's that's part of the reason why some of these characters, these niche, like Wonder Woman and Black Panther, have been so successful because it's okay for, uh, you know, they some they have, someone has someone to look up to. Like an African-American little boy has can look up to this, you know, black superhero. Mm -hmm. And they feel like it's theirs. They feel like that. And I think that's part of the reason why these characters are so popular right why um little girls can look up to wonder woman and be like wow that's this is like this is superman but i don't have to i don't they don't have to dress up as superman right they can dress up as wonder woman yeah so i i don't know i don't i don't uh i i think of course it's all right i think anybody can dress up to be anything they want of mm -hmm. course that but i understand why it's touchy it's so, yeah we're yeah. it's it's a weird age that we live in and i think again you can contribute it to the internet age where, and social media age where, people thrive on being offended by something. Uh, That's just the thing. That's it's it's a thing now. People, you you can do say anything and somebody is going to get offended by it. Yep. Um, and that's where. Uh, well, I mean, people have been offended forever. 
it's just now you have avenues to show that you're offended. Yep. And it goes everywhere. So that's why, uh, uh, yeah, that's why I know people, this is just my own personal opinion. You can't be worried about what other people are offended by because Mm -hmm. people have been offended forever. And just now, because it's out there and everyone can see it, doesn't mean it didn't exist before. It still exists. It's always existed. It's just how people react to it. Yeah, it's just how it's out there now because we have so much media. So I guess that's a, it's a conversation that, that people are going to be having pretty much every Halloween in and around, you know, racial and cultural appropriation is like, yeah, okay. if I wanted to dress up like Black Panther and I'm not, I'm not African American, that's okay because I want to be Black Panther. If, um, if my Caucasian daughter wanted to dress up like a Dora Milaje, great because she sees the power of, uh, like, the the power of a female character in a movie and she looks up to that do we make their skin darker do we put you know there there was a lot of like markings and skin markings and stuff that the you know Dora Milaje it, where where do we draw that line right yeah and that's kind of the uh, the that's the discussion that is being had and whether or not it's a silly discussion I just, I don't, I don't think it's a silly discussion of course it's not but I mean. The way I see it, just personally, it's that's not what makes the character of Black Panther amazing. Mm-hmm. But may, but to some people, it is. Yeah. Right. Also, so, it's 2018. If my 37.5 percent Chinese daughter wanted to dress up as Black Panther, you know what? There, it, she if if that's what she's going for, yeah. then she should be able to do that. Again, it's it's how other people react. Yeah. Um, should we just take a quick moment to cover our ethnicities? Uh, we we have an interesting sort of uh, cross section in this room. Um, I'm I'm half Chinese. My mother is my mother is Chinese, so I am not straight up white, and I'm not straight up Chinese. And school was very interesting for me. Um, Brian, yeah, I'm Filipino, uh, but yeah, like so born and raised in, in Canada, so I'm a second generation immigrant. Uh, it's funny because my when I was in media school. My major project, sort of my thesis, was to do a documentary on being a second-generation immigrant and where uh, I or, or you know people like myself would identify if, if we would identify as being Canadian first or being you know our ethnicity first, Filipino Good point. first. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 something that that comes up quite often among you know my other Filipino or Asian you know descent descended friends. So yeah. I'm Thai. I was born in Thailand, raised in Canada. So for like 90% of my life, I was raised in Canada. That's why I do not sound Thai. Uh, I'm from Southern Thailand because there is a difference in Thailand, whether you're like uh, born in the countryside or born in the city, you have different tone skin color. So I'm like Southern Thai, almost Malaysian. So yeah, that's my ethnicity. Thank you for that, guys. I think it's a, it's a small it's a small point, but I think it's important and also kind of unique that the three of us ended up uh, in this room talking about geeky things. And uh, by happenstance, we none of us also happen to be your sort of you know your straight up uh, you know white person or whatever you know. You, that is interesting for sure. It was funny in the it? first time we were doing this podcast. Tess, our Asian receptionist, <laughs> came into the room and is like. What the hell, guys? How come you didn't include me? In Where's this? my invite into the Asian <laughs> podcast party? This is not an Asian podcast, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what we were aiming at, but cool. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah, our own Finer's Things Club that we Yeah, that's right. Here. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh, man. 
Um, what else? Oh, I put down like I had a, a list of things that uh, I thought, well, maybe we could talk about. And I was thinking about Into the Spider Verse, another movie that I was thinking that I am really looking forward to that comes out next month is the the sequel for Creed. Yeah, uh, which also kind of relates to to Black Panther because the first Creed, which is the spinoff of the Rocky franchise, was directed by Ryan Coogler. And uh, I did not know that. That's yeah. cool. And it's and, the same pair that uh, you know yeah. worked on Black Panther, right? With uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's. I mean, I like all of the Rocky movies. There's only like one installment that I thought was like whatever. Rocky Five. Rocky Five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, can, I still watch it. It's on TV. I'll still watch it. Oh, I don't know. If I, I can't really stomach it. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Rocky Tommy. Five and and Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll still watch it though. Like, I know it's not good, but I'll still watch uh, to it. To me, it's just like the Rocky, I don't know how you call five movies, what what that is called, Quintilogy? Five Villagey, I five think. Villagey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the Rocky Five Villagey yep. is Rocky 1, mm-hmm. 2, 3, 4, and Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Rocky Balboa is my Rocky Five, All right. nice. I feel. All right. It brilliantly kicks off into this new franchise of rocky-esque movies in creed and of course he is the uh quote-unquote illegitimate son of apollo creed felicia rashad is on playing apollo's um widowed wife and she essentially raises adonis creed from an orphanage Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm, she adopts mm -hmm. him uh, because she knows that that's you know this is this is apollo's son and then so she becomes you know the mother figure for him he goes on to meet Rocky Balboa. I love that Tessa once. Thompson is in the movie as well. Tessa Thompson is yeah. essentially, she's like the Adrian character. Yeah. Um, and she's such a great addition. Like her, her character is so lovely in, in Creed and such a great. I think that's why she got on, I, th- I think, with Guardians or with uh, Thor, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and her, yeah, her career, like even in Westworld and oh, stuff, sure. she's such an interesting character. Um, but yeah, I I loved everything about Creed, and when you're looking at Creed two, it's sort of the sequel that was meant to happen, obviously, because now we're facing, um, uh, we're facing uh, a Drago, which is basically the character that spoiler I must alert, break I guess, him. Yeah. yeah, killed Apollo Creed. So now you're you've got oh I love it Ivan I love Drago's it so much. son facing off against Apollo Creed. And I love like, it so much. I can't wait to see how they do it. And the thing I love about it, it's not just a boxing like an action. Is it Coogler again, or is it someone else? No, Ryan Coogler, I believe, is That's a producer, and they have another person that Ryan Coogler himself kind of had a hand in choosing as you know to direct the movie. Mm. Um, but the story, it's going to be epic, and I, I I can't wait to see it. I've only seen the one trailer, and I, again, I haven't really searched out more information, but the one trailer was enough. Mm-hmm. I am this, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a very um, emotional and a movie that you would really get involved with. Mm-hmm. I love the fight scenes in that, in the, the boxing scenes yeah. in Creed, in the first Creed. So Creed, and they, they, they still them, keep like, bringing that. Even Rocky. So like right when now. I worked at a video store um, and we had uh, all five movies of Rocky, we had to kind of dis- determine what section we would put them in. And I actually, I, 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 my two cents is that they went into the drama section. Yeah. Um, I thought more so than a boxing or an action movie, Rocky was one of the best character stories I've ever, you know, I've ever seen put yeah. out on, on film. And that's the thing I love about this is that not only do I love the boxing scenes, but I love 
the scenes around all of the box, like all of the, the, the scenes where they're talking, their characters are being developed. That's what I'm going to love about this is that you have so many conflicted um, internal struggles with, with each of these characters and even with Rocky himself. So. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for anything Rocky. I've been on that train forever. Yeah, seriously. Man, you are an yeah. excited arch. That's oh, quite yeah. funny. Oh yeah. Okay, one more thing. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the haunting of Hill House. I don't know if uh, if you're listening around dinner time. I don't know. Maybe this might not be the best thing to finish off the podcast. Well, with, it's funny because there was an article that I read that. Um, what well, one? The haunting of Hill House is absolutely amazing. I just started it. Um, for whatever reason, I'm an idiot and I decide to watch it just before bed. And then I always say after after watching an episode, I was like, "Well, that's in my head. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good luck with that. Uh, um, have nice dreams." It's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes wow. right now. Unprecedented. It's one of the best reviewed that. Netflix uh, series that's ever come out. And there was uh, an article, and I think it's just kind of maybe one or two accounts or exaggerated accounts, but there was an article uh, saying that people were. Well, upon watching this movie that it's so scary that people were actually fainting and vomiting Oof. because of the or because of the the television series um i haven't done that yet i'm 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 on to episode 4 right now and i haven't done that yet but i can tell you this it is scary is it leaving you with like that knot in your stomach no see i think and uh, so it's about a family that goes back in time or back back to a house that they used to be. Yeah, so... And it was haunted, or there was reasons why they left the house in the first place. Yeah, there's reasons to believe that, uh, that the house was haunted. Uh, they were living in... Uh, so the, the premise right now is uh, this family, back in the day, they lived in this house. They tried to live in this house temporarily, fix it up, and so they can flip it, right, to, to great, create profit for what they call their forever house. Um, while they were in this house... Certain things kept happening, kept messing with their minds, but a lot of it too is just like, is it really haunted or is that something that was just in their mind? So the the best element to a horror movie I find sometimes is not necessarily the blood and the gore and like the grossness of, uh, or how gross they can get, or like a slasher film. It's the creepiness, the the vibe that you get, the suspense, right? of course, the suspense, yeah. and that's the, th- the, the thriller aspect. Yeah, that's yeah. the scariest element of a horror movie to me is usually envisioning yourself in a scenario that you can't control, and one of those is ghosts. Right. Especially now. I used to love watching horror movies when I lived in a condo because like nothing bad can ever happen in a condo. <laughs> Other people live here and I'm on I'm on a floor above the first one. They would get all the people down below me first. What great logic, Brian. Yeah. That's brilliant. And now, I love that. Now I own a house in Langford. It's it gets pitch black in and around the house at night because there's less lights. And then the house feels bigger. It feels a little bit more hollow. And so I'm watching the the haunting of Hill House upstairs in my bedroom just before I go to bed. And sometimes I wake up before my alarm and I'm super thirsty. But I'm like, nope, I'm not going downstairs to get a drink. <laughs> Dude, I have to watch this now. I'm going to watch oh, it now. Man. It's, it's that I'm watching good. It now. And it's, it's not overly gross or it's not like you're, you're seeing a lot of like messed up ghosts or zombies or anything like that to that extent it's just very creepy it's got this very creepy vibe yet the character story is so good with these characters that you get to meet within this show and obviously whatever they're doing is working because it's affecting people you know positively and negatively but uh, to have an effect i think that's sort of the idea that's what you want i would think as a yeah as a creator of a show like this very much so nice 
Folks, I think we're going to call it a podcast. Let's do that. Uh, Art Aronson, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Art Aronson on Twitter. Same as Instagram, too, actually. Uh, at Art, A-R-T, Aronson, A-R-O-N-S-O-N. DJ Boitano, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, Boitano913, and same thing with Instagram. Um, I have a DJ Boitano Facebook page where I, you know, I post previous uh, mixtapes and stuff. Um, and then Brian, uh, with a Y, at thezone.fm, if you have any questions about anything we're talking about, any sort of uh, suggestions of topics that you want us to, to cover. And I am Webmeister Butt on all socials, including a number of socials which are dead or dying or don't exist anymore. Um, and you can email me bud at the zone.fm again for any questions or to let us know that you're actually listening to this podcast. And otherwise, you can hear me Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone for Bud's weekly geek out. And now I guess I will end this podcast the way I end the show by saying bye! <laughs>